podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond takes a handoff right to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! folks welcome back to viva la cats i am your host justin hiles accompanied by my great friend steve mauer and we are here to bring you the bearcats every single week in our standard weekly previews which you're watching here as well as our post game spaces which you can find us live on twitter i would also like to mention that we are proud members of the 1012 network and with that we have had a few guests on these past few weeks this week we do not but we've got plenty of action to cover for you now that we've got the bearcats out on both the hardwood and as well as the gridiron. So um, with the football season tailing out, we're going to start with that. Um, Bearcats pick up their first Big 12 win. And it's, I don't know, it's sweet pleasure for some. And for some, it's just kind of like, all right, <laughs> it happened. So um, which part is it for you, Steve? Um, it For me, it is just vindication, Justin. That's my word of the day. Vindication vindication for all those times where we said that where coach Satterfield said that we did everything right. We just weren't able to uh, finish it off. And that during that game, we were able to finish it off three interceptions of the quarterback. Donovan Smith said he was looking spooked, spooked enough that uh, defensive coordinator, Brian Brown is on the Broyles award watch list this year. So uh, I like that. I definitely like that. Justin, we won the turnover battle. First time all year, Cincinnati won the turnover battle yep. and outgave their opponent by a cool 127 yards. So I'd say like, yeah, and like Corey Kiner, another hundred yard game, closing in on a thousand yards. I definitely agree, Justin, that just from the peripherals and just from like the standpoint of losing sucks, this season is nowhere near like a success. And obviously we know that like, we don't have to harp on it too much, but like, I think it was good for them to at least see, like, not end the season on a 10-game losing streak, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, after a slump or a shooting uh, cold streak, you just got to see one go through the hoop, or you just got to see your hit land in the outfield. Like, I think these guys probably just needed to see one thing and one win happen. And I feel a lot better about their chances in the next two games. Obviously, Kansas is a really good team. Uh, you know, but that'll be senior day. So that'll be a good chance for the guys to show out one last time in Nippert. But this week, man, uh, you know, West Virginia, they definitely are like they're they're a good team for sure. And they've beaten a couple teams that we haven't beat. But, you know, rivalry, closeness, going in there, uh, coming off hot and then beating that same Houston team that beat West Virginia, albeit on an end of the game, Hail Mary. I think you know, you kind of feel a little bit better about their chances. Like just the fact, Justin, that we are not going to have double digit losses this year. I think we should all just enjoy that. Yeah. Um, And 
I don't know. This is one of those things for me that I'm definitely um, excited for. I'm definitely glad that we got over the hump. It is a huge, huge relief after watching this season uh, just roll around in turmoil for the entire uh, entirety of it. Just week after week, you're seeing the exact same thing. Um, like you said, I think there was a big advantage here in actually making those turnovers happen. Um, and, you know, for reference to like Houston's got, you know, a pretty decent offense. It's a Holgerson type of team. So you're going to expect that there. But to be able to create the turnovers that they did, to be able to, um, you know, take control and sort of uh, put it actually in cruise control in a game like this, I think is huge. Um, yeah. and, and I think it proves that, like you said, the Satterfield system works. And I think this is what this has the, been the issue for me all season is because you can see that his system does work, but there's been a lack of execution on some parts, but then there's also been a, the lack of um, adaptability. And I think that's kind of where I found my biggest qualms with this. And so, you know, credit to Satterfield in that you stick to your guns. You don't change your system. You let the system adapt to or sorry you let the players adapt to your system and eventually it'll work um it just sucks that it took eight straight games you know since your last or seven straight games since your last win to make that happen so uh yeah you know again kudos to them kudos to the team good for them to get that all put, uh put together this week for west virginia i am really interested to see how all of this goes you know neil brown i think uh was on the hot seat i think he probably played enough to like save his job a little bit is he gonna get an extension absolutely not i would think not i would hope not for west virginia uh and all their fans but uh we'll what, see you what don't trust the there. climb huh you don't trust the climb no we do not trust i the tweeted climb. out that we trust the climb Justin. <laughs> trust the visors well, trust the climb yes we trust their process to screw up when we get to play them uh that's the hope but you know i think one of the biggest things when you're playing west virginia is can you take advantage of everything that you built on last week and can you turn it into another win? Can you turn it into at least bare minimum, a gritty tight game where this is a one score game at the end of it, there should be no way that this game gets away from the Bearcats in any way, shape or form win or loss. This is a game that you should be close and it should be tight, even though you're on the road. Um, and I think that the Bearcats have done a pretty good job of keeping it within one score. Most of the season, um, you know, albeit a few outliers, but I think that this is one of those games that I, you know, would earmark here before the end of the season. If you're going to get one over on West Virginia or get one over on Kansas, hopefully you can get both. But I'll take West Virginia. You got a road win in a gritty environment where a lot of people are there. And, you know, it's a classic Big East rival. Um, you know, they definitely don't perceive us as rivals anymore. I think that that, you know, that's kind of feathered away a little bit. But I am really interested to see what how they would react should we lose or sorry, should they lose to us? Um, and, you know, kind of make that budding thing of like, all oh, right, well, they can't beat any other incumbent team, but they can beat you. And you also lost to Houston, too. I think West Virginia fans would be pretty pissed and I'd be really excited to see how they feel going forward. Also, yeah, no free ads, but we do have Cincy Light in can in person. So, oh. Thank oh, you for the yeah. win, Scott Satterfield. Crack it open, baby. <laughs> you know, we used to be part of a certain social club that we are no longer a part of, but I'm glad for my friend Brandon that the beer streak is officially done. Uh, he already ended it already. <laughs> like he already started drinking that um, poor soul. the beer beer strike, but the beer strike can officially be done. So shout out to him. Um, but Justin, though, I, I do agree. Like, unfortunately, Bearcats are three 16 and one in their series against West Virginia. 
I have been bookmarking a couple tweets though, Justin, especially from our friend Brandon um, at Raspy Voice Kids at I Also Hate Pit. Um, he said he was not concerned at all with losing to Cincinnati. So with losing to Cincinnati or playing Cincinnati, because those are you, two different things. Well, I'll pull up the tweet just for uh, transparency. So, um, the, so, but you know, if they are not really like that worried, maybe this is a chance for the Bearcats to really come in and because uh, they got Baylor uh, for their final game the week after that. But, um, well, yeah. And here, while we're at it, you know, let's just take a second here to kind of preview and, you know, resolve. Here's some the, of the, here, here's the, the, the quote. Uh, so, Brandon's uh, is quote tweeting the, a tweet from Clark Johnson saying, anyone else nervous about playing Cincinnati? And Brandon says, not one bit. All right, Brandon. Okay. That's okay. definitely, that's definitely straightforward. <laughs> okay. Um, You know, when you look at their season, they started off at Penn state. Um, <clears throat> the game got away from them and, you know, uh, the next few games on their docket, they've got um, Duquesne. They had Pitt, Texas tech, TCU, they strung together four straight wins there. And that was a really good point for their season because it was saying that the Neil Brown effect was working, that everything was starting to finally come together. Uh, and then they just lose to Houston, which I, again, you know, it's a hail Mary situation. You take that game away. Their season honestly looks really, really impressive, but you lost to Houston. And that's a game that out of all the other wins that they had, they definitely should not have been tossing up. Um, and so again, it feels good to have that win over a team that they lost to, um, as well as then the, you know, they play Oklahoma state. That's a 48 34 affair. Um, another loss there. So that's two straight, but then they go two straight with UCF BYU, uh, beating both fairly handedly, uh, and then losing to Oklahoma in an absolute blowout, uh, this past week. So, you know, I think that this is, this is one of those areas where the Bearcats have to figure out where they are still in the big 12. And I think that this season again, is not really a fair, it's not a fair representation at all by any means of where the Bearcats will be, but it's not really a fair representation based on how close some of these games have been given all of the issues that they've encountered with just trying to get this roster to meld with a bunch of guys who have never played together before. And a lot of guys who are converting to Satterfield system. So I think, when all of those, you know, extra little bits and pieces are all kind of floating out and you're trying to just rein everything in and just try to get everything back together. Um, it's really hard to read this Bearcat season, especially, you know, when most things have not been going well. Uh, but I think for some of the positives there, you do find that we've, like I said, been able to keep pace in a lot of these games. You've been able to keep it pretty close. Um, it's just been that one or two or three plays away from getting the win and you know that one or two plays away from getting the win would really make the Bearcat season instead of looking at three and seven right now you could be looking quite easily at like a six and four possibly th seven and three instead so for as close as some of those games have been I think that it's a really important point for this week for them to find a way to end up with a win in a gritty environment. Cause I think it says a lot about Satterfield system. I think it says a lot about the Bearcats resilience at the end of the season. You don't have anything to play for. You have this game. You have Kansas go out, beat some guys up, make sure that you take the end of their season and ruin it for them. They're all going to the bowl games. They're all going to have postseason hopes. You have nothing else other than to try to derail their season. 
that's what you play for at this point in the season. And God damn it, just do it. Just go out there and beat them and knock them down a peg, take them from whatever bowl hopes they have and send them to, I don't know, the, the Gasparilla bowl, the pop tart bowl, the cheese it bowl, whatever, like send them to like just the absolute bowels of the bowl games. If you can do that, that's what you play for at this point. Justin, uh, I want to offer one more thing you could still be playing for. You think about the the you know the coaches that were in the orbit for the Cincinnati job coming into 2023. Obviously, Luke Fickle, who moved on. Um, some fans wanted Deion Sanders, obviously. Um, as Sean, some fans were interested in Sean Lewis on Deion Sanders' staff, although for how long we don't know. Um, <laughs> and you know, obviously, we have Coach Satterfield. Did you know that all? four of those coaches have the chance to still finish the season at five and seven and Wisconsin. <laughs> there's a lot of smoke around that fire about how it's uh, not like, they're not really like living up to their expectations this year. So I'm just saying like, if you had five and seven, would you have been more mad at Luke fickle for going five and seven with the current roster? Oh. Is staying here, Steve, or Steve. would you have been more upset with Steve Scott Satter? I'm, if I'm... Luke Fickle took this team that he had into the Big Twelve and went five and seven, people would be calling for his head. It would yeah. be ugly. People would be calling for his head if you do not at least get a bowl game in your first year after you're what the seventh year coach at that point. There would be a lot of pissed off people. And quite honestly, as we've said many times before, I think that's the reason why Fickle up and left is because you can see the writing on the wall. You've depleted a lot of your roster out of the playoff. You've depleted a lot of your roster out of you know the past four or five years. And a lot of those guys are gone now. And on top of that, you got to try to figure out the transfer portal when you haven't been doing a very good job of that. I don't know. I mean, I think I think the writing was on the wall there, and I think that that was one of the biggest signs for him to just kind of get up and go. And I think it's honestly impressive how poorly they've done in managing to scrounge together some wins against a very putrid Big Ten West. Like, it's just impressive, because if you go through their season, they're sitting at 5-5 five and five right now. There's a strong chance that they do not make a bowl game. I doubt that they lose to Nebraska and Minnesota, but if they do that, they're not making a bowl game, and they've lost their last three straight, which includes Ohio State, Indiana, and Northwestern. And they should and have lost to Illinois. As shout well. out Ben Bryant, baby. Shout out Ben Bryant. We're just going to send one out to our brother out in Northwestern, the shores of Lake Michigan, doing a fantastic job shutting down his old coach, Luke Fickle, Congratulations. He put on an absolute show. It was wonderful to watch from afar. Nothing you can ask for more as a player to the just get there and get one over on a coach, especially after the past season that they had. You know, I don't think there's probably any ill will there, considering that he played all year when a lot of people were calling for Brian's head, but it's got to still feel good to get one over and come out on top in a situation where now you look at Northwestern, who has done a very decent job against expectations after losing their coach, after losing some players and that whole hazing debacle, uh, they've come out on the right side. And so, you know, big ups to Ben Bryant and the Northwestern Wildcats. I think they've done a great job this season. Um, but that's enough about people that aren't the Bearcats. 
Yes, I agree. But yes, shout out to Ben Bryan. I wonder what that post game handshake was like. I I, oh, I yeah. wonder if I didn't see any clips about that, but it's I probably wonder. the <laughs> uh what is that scene? I can't remember the actor's name, but he's like on the plane. He's like, I swear to God, I'm gonna beat your ass right now. Oh, Shane Gillis, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, That's I was showing some people that that scene this weekend, Justin. Such a great, great clip. If you haven't seen it, like, may, that's our cut up for this week, Justin. Yes. We're 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 gonna cut it up with that right there. So, <laughs> I, I I love it. But good for Ben Bryant, and uh, not so good for a certain man named Luke. So again, like you said, let's move on, Justin. Um, I don't know if you had any more football topics. I am interested in talking some some shooty hoop, though. Oh, I'm down for talking some shooty hoop. Let's do it. Oh, baby, we have we have tempered our expectations. That's a lie. We're going to the moon, baby. We're going to the fucking moon. This team right now is three and zero. They get Northern Kentucky. They get Georgia Tech. Howard. And oh god, I don't even remember who else was after that. Uh, uh I'll pull up your tweet. And the next team after that, and then we get Xavier. So it's going to be a really interesting stretch over the next four to five games. When you know you've got to play some teams that obviously are not really going to give you too much of a run for your money. Um, but the Bearcats have definitely made it interesting so far this season because. It's I, I think the most impressive part is that this team has depth in a way that it did not have last year. Yeah. This team was so top heavy on your starting five. And really that's half of your starting five last year that I think when you deplete some of those guys and now these other guys have to step up, I'm really impressed by what I've seen so far. Um, their ability to, you know, game manage their ability to um you know for the most part stay out of foul trouble their ability to be able to score and you know i think defensively that's a whole different conversation but so far this season the bearcats have done a very good job of just looking like a complete team and that's something that we did not really have last year we looked like we had a couple stars and if those stars were on we were cruising and if those stars were off we were losing those were your options and it was nothing else in between. And, you know, you live and die by the three, you live and die by your star players this year. There's a lot of youth playing. There's a lot of guys who can shoot the ball. There's a lot of guys who can do a lot of things. And you have this sort of positionless setup and you have some very, very talented younger guys. And I'm really excited about this. And beyond all of that, my one sticking point that I'm most excited about this season is John Newman, the third baby, that brother can fall. And this is exactly what we were missing all last season. Because I come back to this because, you know, he he just, there was, with the injuries that this guy has gone through over the few years that, you know, he's been not only with us, but back when he was at Clemson as well. Like he's just been looking for that moment to kind of like start getting going. And he's got so much talent. You could see it. Every time he's on the court, he's balling. He's chasing after loose balls. He's creating plays. He's doing the most wild post moves. He's swinging around the baseline, dunking on everybody. This guy has got it. He has it. He has that X factor that the Bearcats have been missing, and he is not a one-dimensional player. And that is the most exciting part about him, and that's why it's so nice to have him back on court. 
because the Bearcats have been missing that X factor player for so long. It's not just the guy who can go out ball. It's the guy who goes out and controls the game. And so having him back has been awesome. And I'm really excited to see his impact through the next few games. Yeah. Yeah. He was jumping out the gym uh, on Sunday, dude. Like he looks like he's got the bunnies back. And I think it's just that leadership role on the court as well. Right. Like, yes, they obviously they, you know, they got some veterans there um, with Odie, Vic, CJ, but just John Newman, like Wes, like if you watch the movement, uh, John Newman is like the most talked about player by Wes and his teammates, just because like, I really think there's a value that he brings to the court that might not always show up on the stat sheet, but he's just got that, like that leadership, like that, like desire to, you know, want to be the able to close these games out. And, you know, Justin, um, I, I saw somebody point this out that, well, I think it was you actually, you pointed out that, um, you know, DDJ with DDJ last year, the Bearcats weren't able to close games out and with day day and, John Newman this year, they were already slowing down possessions near the end of games. I think Wes probably saw that. Um, I think like, you know, wins are going to be tough to come by in this big 12, especially if a certain waiver, which we're bringing lawyers for is not approved. <laughs> NCAA, I speak directly to you and Charlie Baker right now. Scumbags. If you don't approve this waiver, I'm going to be just waving my finger at you i don't want to threaten anything that may uh you know be recorded a a a, a shame on your house sir uh, <laughs> uh charlie baker isn't even in, in indianapolis by the way he's like working from home man uh trying to make sure these kids don't get paid work while he works from home and gets paid okay but let's let's not to cut you off here but like let's let's look at this situation just very plainly there were guys who are paid a lot of money to sit on their ass and just look at a situation of some college athletes and say, you know what? I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you meet all our guidelines. You know what? Fuck off. Like I, yeah. that's what they do. That's the only thing that they do. That is their job. And it is amazing to me that if you have the very clearly laid out rules, if you have everything set in stone, if everybody meets the guidelines, there is a reason that they're here. There is a reason that Wes Miller has brought these players here. They have gone through and vetted every single thing to make sure that's there. And if you think that Wes Miller and his staff and the athletic department are not smart enough to go through there and look at every finite detail and make sure that these guys are ready to go when they get to Cincinnati and that these waivers will not be a problem, you're out of your mind because they have clearly done it. They did it all. It's all there for proof. And these guys meet the expectations. So let them play. It's a bunch of fucking baloney, dude. It is so ass. I don't understand why we sit here and have to wait for this. And for so many of the other players who also meet the expectations on so many of these other teams, it's just bullshit, man. That's yeah. all it is. It's nothing more than bullshit. It's a crock of shit. And I, I understand that there's advantages for coaches. I understand that there's a lot of advantages to letting players transfer as many times as they want. But when you set the rules and you follow the rules and then they get denied, it's just BS. That's all it is. It's nothing more than that. Well, and then you've seen the amount of two-time transfers this week that have been approved too. Um, and did you see what the only comment was like that he everything else was approved, but 
they asked the question, Justin. Do you know what question they asked? Why don't you tell us, Steve? Why Cincinnati? Why would you transfer up? Why would you do that? And like, just, oh, man. Hey, you know, if he transferred to Kentucky, he'd be playing like he would have played in the Champions Classic. Yes. I'm just saying that. Yes. No, no. Like, this is this is the thing. It's It sucks because it is an unfair game to play. Because you know that if these guys went to Duke, if they went to Kentucky, if they went to Michigan State, if they went to Kansas, if they went to anywhere, there would be zero issues whatsoever. These guys yep. would have had a approval back in July. And yet we sit here weeks into the season, we're going on game four, and we still don't even know. And that's the best part is you look at all this, there's a bunch of noise for Aziz. I haven't heard a damn thing about Jamil. What the hell Good is point. going on there? I am so wondering like, about Jamil. Like, what are we doing there? I don't I want to know because like it's it's ridiculous to me that these guys are sitting and not playing. There is no reason. And honestly, from a coach perspective, from all this, from a monetary perspective, you're probably playing these guys, you're probably paying these guys to sit on the bench and not do anything. Like it is beyond me the economic effect within college athletics alone to just sit some players for no reason at all. Like, it's just, it makes zero sense. It's just some crockety old 50, 60 year old guy who's pissed off because he never got his moment to star in a game and he rode the bench his whole life. So he sees somebody else transfer. He's like, you know what? I don't want to let him do that. Screw him. That's all that this is. There's no logical explanation for any of this. I am so pissed off, and I'm so done with this shit, man. It's so stupid. You know what else the NCAA is stupid on? Live news, as we are recording, Justin. JMU was denied their bowl waiver again. So oh, cool. James Madison, even though they have college game day, even though they're undefeated, even though they should be able to play in their conference championship game and it and probably represent the new, the the P5 or whatever in the New Year's Six, uh, their NCAA denied their waiver. So the NCAA is just the no fun committee. Let's like let's they... talk about this too, because I, I think this is a really important point because when you talk about teams moving up, when you talk about teams just looking for eligibility, when you talk about all of this stuff, and we're talking about Cincinnati in here too, there are things in sports called windows. There are windows of opportunity, and sometimes those are very wide if you're a big program, and sometimes those are so minute and finite if you're a small program. Cincinnati sits somewhere right in the middle there for both football and for basketball. But for a team like James Madison, your window is so small. You have to make sure that you get in when you can, and you make enough noise, you build off of that. Think of where Cincinnati would be if they never had that window of opportunity with Brian Kelly. Would they have gone and made the runs that they did? Would they have ended up, ended up going to the college football playoff years and years later? You might never know, but you can damn well guarantee that the reason that they got there all started back there. Yeah. And so that's one of those things where I come back to this for James Madison is like, and so many of these other just bullshit decisions by the NCAA is you are destroying opportunities for college athletics, for programs, for teams, for players, for rosters, for staff. It's just bullshit, man. I am yep. so over it. I'm on one today, but I am just heated on all this because it's so dumb. And I don't understand why the NCAA 
exist when it does shit like this. I understand there's some good things that they protect. They uphold some good rules. They're there for guidelines. There's a difference between guidelines and just pulling some shit out of your ass, which they do every week. Well, that is the NCAA for you. Uh, and they uh, are going to continue doing it. So I hope you all are ready for that. <laughs> I'm just, it's just so stupid, man. Uh, I like if Cunningham was not the compliance guy, he is, I would just say like, let let like just let them play like who's going to stop them like who is going to physically accost aziz bendego and jamil reynolds from not playing this let's year? let's look and at this can... too you're i i'm you're stringing me on here dude let's look at this too if aziz and jamil went out on the court suited up and played a game what would be the consequences of that who would go out there and say Cincinnati is banned from the next game. Cincinnati has an automatic disqualification. The NCAA will not recognize this or that because they didn't follow some bullshit rules. Who would put any logical consequences for these guys not playing? Like, what is the consequence for these guys being on court when the NCAA says that they cannot be? I would imagine it's the referees. And, like, do you remember, Justin, when um, Jermaine Lawrence, like, was assessed a technical because he wasn't on mixed, like, roster that he submitted uh like mm. the day of yeah, so yeah, yeah. i i do think like that is like the repercussion but if it's one technical a game i mean like dang like i, I don't know like maybe take the technical bro <laughs> team me up every single week that's all yeah. i need team me yeah. up the bearcats will not need a technical it will not be applicable to the game because we will be winning by 20 but yeah. we need these guys on court and that's the unfortunate part too justin is that you probably could really use two guys like Aziz Bendego and Jamil Reynolds, like just because that's the only downside so far is that the rim protection uh, for this team and the uh, paint defense for this team, not been the greatest the first three games. Now, if you're just going to shoot the lights out every game, it maybe it won't matter, but you know, that's not going to happen in the big 12, obviously better defenses, better athletes, better players to get out and block those shots. It's just going to be tough, man. Like, and I watched Kansas last night. Dickinson went off for 27 and uh, 27 21. points and 21 rebounds against yeah. like UK. First Kansas player to do that and uh, against first Kansas player to do that in 25 years. First uh, player to ever do that against Kentucky in the past 25 years, too. There's another guy who had no problem with the transfer, although he's a one time transfer, I'm pretty sure, but still, screw him. Yeah, this he sucks. Like, why is he allowed to? Yeah, yeah. I would, man, I what I would wouldn't have done though to have that guy as a Bearcat. Like, I man. know, I, I, still think about it. we had I no mean, shot, but crazy. I still think about what it would have been like to have like a basically like wooden nominee be your like star player. That'd be great. We haven't had one yeah. of those in a long time. Uh, you know, Bill Self just dropping the Adidas bag. They're kind of the villains this year, aren't they, Justin? Like, they, they got off yeah. scot free from the FBI stuff when they were like rubbing it in the FBI's face and the NCAA's face. They got Hunter Dickinson like doing the DX like suck it symbol to the crowd after making a three at halftime, like really giving it to the Kentucky. Like, I, I mean, you know, I was kind of joking last night when I tweeted out, you know, is hey Big Twelve fans, is this like a go Big Twelve kind of thing? Or are we just all hating on Kansas because they're really good? And uh, I came to the conclusion that last night it was because they were playing Kentucky that I was going to watch, uh, like pull, want Kansas to win, but. I have a feeling that we're this like little like, oh, we're just happy to be here, period. We'll go away the first time we go to Allen Fieldhouse and um, Bill Self 
hand selects the referees that are going to just give a bunch of phantom whistles against UC that night. Here is a quick little McChicken for you, referee one. Here is a Big Mac for you. And if you look inside your bag, you'll find a nice little bit of cash. Jeremy Pruitt dropping the bags for the the referees at Kansas now. Man, somebody's dropping the bags. He was uh he was pretty good at it at Tennessee until they asked him to go away. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. I I am really curious to see how Kansas ends up this year. Um, they look like a lock, stock, barrel, ready to blow for like this entire season. I don't think that anybody, honestly, is going to give them a run for their money. Um, except you know, maybe Houston, maybe, you know, uh, I don't even know. I, I think, I think this team honestly could be one of those teams that loses like twice before we get to the tournament. Um, yeah. and you know, good for them. Um, you know, if we can manage to steal one from them, I'd be really excited about it, but, uh, I, that's a absolute fever dream. And I'm just hoping, uh, as we did many of the past few games against Houston, that we don't lose that game by, more than 30 points. Uh, I would like to keep that game close. Uh, keep it within we'll the number. Cover the spread. Yeah. Cover the spread, baby. That's all that we care about here. Um, one thing I wanted to mention real quick, uh, you know, I think we've got a we've got a couple questions here um that I asked the other day. And I'm gonna bring these up real quick. I thought I had them up and then now they're gone. Oh, they're there. Um, so I asked a few questions of our, you know, loyal listeners, followers, and Twitter folks. These few questions. Bearcats basketball has started 3-0. In their next four before the shootout, they have NKU, Georgia Tech, at Howard, and then Florida Gulf Coast at home. That was the team I was looking for earlier. Dunk City. What will their record be in that stretch? So the options were 7-0, 6-1, 5-2, or 4-3 slash 3-4. Um, so basically nightmare scenario or to the moon, to the moon, to the moon. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of confidence here. There's like 60% of people and a grand total of 91% of people, 92% of people saying seven, no, or six and one, which I think is very reasonable. And if you don't do better than that, if you don't do, if you don't do at least six and one through your first seven games, if not seven and oh, you might have some problems this season because some of these teams coming up are not supposed to be very good, especially according to Ken Palm. Um, so Good there. Um, we're going to keep it with basketball here for a minute. Um, we've had a few games to digest the Bearcats roster and lineups this season. By the time the Big 12 conference play starts, who will lead the Bearcats in scoring? Um, so there was an open-ended option for other, but the three that I threw up for the time being, Victor Locke and John Newman and Day-Day. And it seems like the consensus is Day-Day or Vic, uh, but it is still very split amongst the options there. So, I don't know. I am really curious. And dude, like between Day Day and Jizzle, like we have depth at the point guard position that we have not had in, uh, you know, in a while. I mean, yeah. I, I think, you know, when you look agree. at like DDJ, like he's, I don't know, on paper, he's a point guard and he's a, a shooting guard. You have him and you have Micah there. I think there's definitely some strength that we had last year, but I think there's sort of a, there's a different type of energy with these two collectively versus the pairing of the one and two for the ones for the point guards over the past few seasons. And I am really excited to see how these two gel throughout the rest of the season, because it seems like they're splitting minutes for the most part. 
um, you know, day, day having a little bit more, but Jizzle's had a lot of court time and he's been very efficient with his shooting so far. And he's looked really good. He looks like a quality player and he does not look like a freshman. That's the one thing I want to drive home about Jizzle, dude. He looks like he is very mature on a court full of guys who have had some time playing college ball. He looks like he fits in right away. And from what I've heard from Wes, from what I've heard from a lot of other sources, he's working hard in practice and he plays hard and he wants to get those minutes. And so, you know, good for him. I, I'm really excited to see how he turns out this season because I think he's got a lot of talent. And going forward, I think he's going to end up being a very critical player for the Bearcats. But it's just nice to have a young guy, a freshman in there, you know, getting, albeit close, but basically starting minutes, you know, alongside Day-Day switching those numbers out there. Um, and I think there's a legit chance that by the end of the season that, you know, if he goes on a little bit of a tear, I think they, him and Day-Day are swappable for the one and, you know, for the point guard position. I think it's a good chance we could see either one of them starting, um, yeah. but, you know, potentially have a freshman starting at point guard, which would be huge. Uh, real quick, speaking of freshman, freshman, don't worry about Rayvon Griffith. He'll be fine. He'll, yeah. it'll be okay. <laughs> don't worry about him. We'll be all good. Save yourself some worries on that. Yes. Remember, Justin, if you redshirt, you have five total years. Yes. Uh, Justin, should we speak about uh, some more basketball and uh, finish up with our Bearcat Sports wrap up? Yes, sir. My good sir. So we are recording on Wednesday today. Women's basketball earlier today on Education Day defeated Linwood 81-62. Shout out to Katrina Merriweather for her first win at UC. They are playing up at Toledo on Sunday. Let's go get a dub. Volleyball, they lost at Texas Saturday, and they are hosting Oklahoma Friday and Saturday, Senior Day on Saturday. Get out there and support. Tennis, Morgan Purs and Elizabeth Pendergast reached the double semis at the Big 12 Fall Championships this weekend, so congratulations to the team. Great fall season. Look for Looking for a great spring one as well. Swimming, the teams are swimming up to Ohio State to uh, to for that invitational meet this weekend, so beat up on the Bucks, would you? And cross country, shout out to our guy, Tyler Worth. He is racing in the NCAA championships for the 10K race this Saturday on ESPNU. So go ahead and tune that in if you're interested. Go Bearcats, go win some titles this weekend. Go, go get it, Tyler. That was your Bearcats sports wrap-up. Wrap-up. And who might be sponsoring that Bearcats sports wrap-up? Charlie Hustle. Um, I showed a shirt that is not a Charlie Hustle shirt at the start of this episode. I apologize, Charlie Hustle. I just want to wear one of your shirts that says Cincinnati on it. So Cincinnati, um, uh, someone with the initials ML uh, who works in that department, figure it out. Get us a Charlie Hustle shirt. Charlie Hustle is one of the best places you can get your Big 12 gear. Go and support them. Justin, what's the promo code that we get? That promo code is 101215. That is 101215 for 15% off of all non-sale items, baby. Get you so go stuff. ahead and support Charlie Hustle. Support the 1012 Patreon feed. Support us, man. Uh, if you like the show, you know, like Justin said uh, a couple episodes ago, give us your money. But Give us your money, baby. And remember, viva the cats. Sports Social Podcast Network.